Well, welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, message translation. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, message translation. Let's read this together. Want to go? The ways of right living people glow with light. The longer they live, the brighter they shine. Hallelujah. Did you get that? The longer they live, the brighter they shine. This is what the King James was trying to say when he says the path of the righteous or the path of the just is as the shining light that shines brighter and brighter. Amen. See, the longer they live, the brighter they shine. And our ministries will have the experience that the longer they live, the brighter they shine. Hallelujah. The longer our ministries live, the brighter they shine. Hallelujah. This quarter, April to June, what has been the focus has been the art of prayer. The art of prayer. That has been the focus. And um, we've been able to touch a few things in the school of ministry about prayer. I'd like to look at Luke 11. We've been on that from verse 1, King James Version. Let's read it together. I want to go. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Hallelujah. And of course, he taught them to pray. Hallelujah. How do we know he taught them to pray? At least... When he told them to go and tarry in Jerusalem until they be endued with power, if they didn't know how to pray, they would never have been endued with power. Amen. <laughs> so they got the results. Amen. So he said, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And then they went there. And the Bible tells us in Acts, and they continued in one accord in prayers and supplications. And then they listed the number of people. There were about 120 of them. In the midst of it, suddenly, there came a sound. Like the sound of a mighty rushing wind. Meaning that they were able to pray and breath the agenda of God for the hour. Hallelujah. Now, are you, can you imagine that God wanted to do something? 
it was time for the Holy Spirit to come. But it could not happen until people tarried, gathered to pray. Are you listening to me? And I want to say that there are things God wants to do in this second half of the year. July to December. The principle is the same. Are we together? It's the same. That you will tarry in that place of prayer until, until there is a fulfillment of these things. So, when the disciple made that request to Jesus, the request, or the verse 1, is full of information. The first thing he tells us there is that John, he's talking about John the Baptist, I hope you know that. John taught his disciples to pray. That means that John's disciples were known as people that could pray. Hallelujah. And then this guy said, look, see, I've seen that the difference between us and John's disciples is that we don't know how to pray. We know how to pray. Hallelujah. Lord, teach us to pray the same way John taught his disciples and Jesus taught them to pray. Glory to God. And let's look, look back at how he was teaching them to pray. It's not just lectures on prayer. He took them on prayer tours. Are we together? When he took Peter, James, and John to the Mount of Transfiguration, did they go there to, 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 to eat biscuit and, and juice? No, it was prayer. <laughs> he took them to that place of prayer. And then he was transfigured before them. They saw the result of prayer transformed. It means that in prayer, your true capacity will be revealed. Because while Jesus was praying, they saw him transfigured before them. Amen. Are we together? They saw him transfigured. If they were looking at him as an ordinary man, they saw that this was God. Amen. And God witnessed and said, Behold, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Amen. And in going with Jesus to pray, they had an encounter they've never had in their lives. They saw Moses. They saw Elijah. Are you with me? That means that in prayer we will enter the experiences of others. How else would they have had to meet Moses and Elijah? How else? It was in the place of prayer. That experience. Now what I'm trying to say is this. There are many things that have been prophesied about Port Harcourt, where your ministry is. Many things have been prophesied about Nigeria. There are even many things that might have been prophesied about you personally. It is in prayer you enter them. There are some of those experiences that no matter how they've been prophesied into your life, if you don't dedicate time praying, you will never enter the experiences. It will just be something you wrote down. Paul told Timothy, he said, by the words, the prophecies that have been spoken over you, by them that thou mayest war a good warfare. He was saying that these prophecies that have been spoken, use them in the place of prayer. <laughs> now, my interest here this morning is to make you understand that there's an aspect of ministry that is not on the pulpit. And that's the aspect of the ministry that makes the pulpit ministry work. Did you hear me? There's an aspect of ministry, whether you are a, a music minister, 
whether you are a teacher of the word, an evangelist, there is an aspect of ministry that is not on the pulpit. It's not in front of people. And that's what we call, not your ministry to the people, your ministry to the Lord. Amen. That ministry is what makes this one that you are doing in front of people have value and have weight. Are you listening to me? If that ministry of prayer is not working, sooner or later, the ministry on the pulpit will soon start having problems. Let me put it better. What will fuel your ministry on the pulpit is what you are doing in the place of prayer. That's how you fuel your ministry on the pulpit. You can organize all the fanfare, organize this, organize that, organize that. But when that prayer is lacking, something will be missing. Pastoring people is not just preaching good sermons. Pastoring people is not just smiling at people and shaking their hands and loving them. You will see that no matter how you love people, they will, they will still do demonic things. Are you understanding me? Do wicked things to you. Are you understanding me? What keeps people intact, what holds people together, is that thing done in place of prayer. If not, no matter how you love the people, you are nice to them, the influences of the devil will still push them to do things that they didn't plan to do. In essence, what I'm saying is that how you hold ministry together is not by sense. No, it's not by intelligence. How you hold ministry together is in the place of prayer. That's why Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. Hallelujah. That means Paul spent a lot of time praying. Look at the statements Paul made. Examine all the statements he made right from Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, all the statements he made in, in, in the epistles. And then he would say, I'm praying always for you. Praying always for you. And I began to count how many of the churches he was praying always for. If he was praying always for all of them, then he's always praying. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. That means he understood that what we hold all these things together is prayer. David Yongicho, Pastor David Yongicho said something. He said he spends two hours praying, at least in a day. He's a very busy minister. Pastoring about a million people. And then they say, how come you have time to still pray for two hours a day? He said, so that I will have time to pastor the people. Amen. <laughs> that means that if I'm not praying these two hours, I cannot pastor this church. Amen. I can't hold this thing together. They've done a human analysis to say that an average individual only has the capacity to hold 30 people together at once. Yeah. So a pastor can only hold 30 people. Anything more than that, you need grace. Amen. That's why you see that a church starts, sometimes they cannot cross the 30 mark because that's the pastor's limit. Are you understanding me? That's the pastor's limit. That's the pastor's limit. It's a human limit. It takes a supernatural limit to break that. Are you listening to me? 
Oh, you went to visit. How many people can you visit? Even if you are visiting one member every day. By the time you are on the 30th day, it was 30 days ago you visited the first member. He might say, since in the last 30 days, pastor, I'm not, visiting, I'm not coming to that church again. Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? If that was how ministry was, <laughs> you know, the pastor would be spent. So how we keep people walking in the light of God's word is by spending time praying for them. Hallelujah. Let me put it this way. The greatest influence a pastor can have on his members is in the place of prayer. The strongest and most lasting influence a pastor can have on his members is in the place of prayer. There's a book, an old book. If you can get it, it will be a blessing to you. It's titled, Touching the World Through Prayer. Wesley Duell. It's an old book. And he was talking about how people have stayed in different continents and influenced other continents. What he was trying to explain, and using my own words, is that a man that prays is a man that has a long hand to reach people wherever they are. Amen. That means that your hand can stretch to Europe and correct something in prayer. Your hand can stretch to Abuja and correct something in prayer. Are we together? There's this cartoon character in one of those cartoons we used to watch when we were younger. That can stretch. Are you understanding me? Stretch as far like rubber. You understand? And collect something and come back here. That's how in prayer, when you are praying, you rise and stretch into that member's house. Amen. And fix something. You stretch into that member's office and fix something. Glory to God. You will touch more people in prayer. Let me put it this way. You will touch them more tangibly in prayer than all the sitting down counselings you are having. What even makes the counselling effective is that prayer had gone before. Now, let me explain something about prayer that pastors should understand. You know, when we say prayer, some people don't understand. I've seen that people have different interpretations of what, of, of what we mean by prayer. And I want to give you a proper perspective here. We're not talking about killing witches and wizards. Hello. If you have a desire, maybe if you were not born again, you would have been an assassin. You know, so <laughs> now that you are in ministry, you are assassinating witches and wizards. Now that's not what I'm talking about. Someone once asked me, they said, don't you believe in witches and wizards? Ah, uh-uh. there are witches now, and there are wizards. But it's just that some people, 
don't understand that the people that even call it witches are not the witches. I'm not a witch. I'm not. A... If, if you meet witch, we know. Amen. Okay, witch. Nigeria is saying witch. <laughs> Nigeria is a very funny country, man. <laughs> you know, because it's a witch. It looks like this is not serious. Then, ah, this place is a witch. Ah, okay. Then I wish. Hey! <laughs> then it registers. Hallelujah. Language. All right. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about here is that as a pastor, there are two. How much time do I have? Okay, let me do it this way. There are three streams that your prayers must go to as a pastor. Three streams. Number one is towards your brethren, your members, your brethren, your members. If you read through scripture, it says praying. With all prayers of occasion for all saints. Ephesians 6, 18 is what I'm quoting. For all saints. So you are praying for the saints. For the believers. The brethren. Their spiritual development is dependent on that. That's the first stream. Praying for your brethren. Now, it's the saints I'm calling your brethren. Alright? The second stream is praying for the kingdom and your city or your region. Glory to God. The kingdom and your region. And then the third stream your prayer goes is in betting what God has deposited in you. Did you get that? If these are not your most important prayers, you will likely find out that you are spending a lot of time praying and having less results. Why I didn't want to mention all of them? Because I won't have time to go. All, everyone is a subject on its own. But did you get that? At the first I mentioned is praying for the saints, praying for your brethren. You know, um, many pastors will find themselves guilty in this area because they don't pray for their brethren. And pray for your brethren is not, Father, I cover the brethren <laughs> with the blood. <laughs> blood touch somebody somewhere. <laughs> you know, that's not praying for your brethren. Amen. That's not praying for your brethren. Glory to God. Sometimes it could be one person you're praying for. Hallelujah. Sometimes it be a group in church you're praying for. We used to have issues many years back with our music team, our choir. Up until, I don't remember the year now, um, 204, 205. I wasn't sure what was 
not happening. <laughs> yes, I wasn't sure. You know, let me just take my mindset then. Okay. Now, I had people saying, you know, my wife was one of them. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you understand that? Pastor, you know. <laughs> um, remind me of the others. I was still in the choir too. Uh-huh. <laughs> see all of them. <laughs> all right. That means, see, all of them are pastors. Get ready. <laughs> Glory to God. All right, so, <laughs> the, 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 the um, issue was that, at first I used to stay because the church just started. You know, we, we started out in 2001. Um, we've been doing ministry in 2000, but we started Sunday service in 2001. Like when people just first started, I have people that at least we hold the service together, you know, just hold the service together. But I didn't have anybody that could do stunts. You know what I mean by stunts? I didn't have anybody that could do stunts. They could just sing, hold the service together. Who had normal voice, you know, and all that. But I didn't have anybody that could, you know, so. And these people didn't look like they wanted to do stunts. They were just holding the service together. I understand me. <laughs> so, in those days, I used to wonder. At first, I said, ah. one day I said, I, I, I think I went somewhere. I saw a church that was even smaller than our church. And then somebody was singing. And the person was really giving, you know, those kind of things, you know. <laughs> you, you know and I was like, so I was like, ah. Is that when they are coming to Renaissance, they, God is to select the ones that can sing out <laughs> and, and, and send the others to Renaissance. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, so for quite a while, you know, even when we had uh, weather, drums, whatever, whatever, you know, no, there was never a time you come and there was no praise and worship or something. There was always praise and worship and all that. And all. But I wouldn't, what we, what we have now is far, 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 far beyond what it, was, it ever was. So in those early days, if you ask someone what is it about our church, they'll say the words. Nobody mistakenly said the music. Not once. Are you understanding me? The word. The word. Oh, people, uh, people are nice. I like the people that they love God, they're on fire for God. The word. So now some people come Somebody even came to church one time, and uh, um, I think it was a praise service. Say, wow, I just love the church, and decides to join after a praise service. It just happened like that. If we did praise service then, people decide to leave. <laughs> Likely. <laughs> Amen. They won't decide to join. <laughs> Amen. But now, then they will join. But let me tell you where the things started changing. It became an issue in prayer. Are you listening to me? It became an issue in prayer. About the music. And specific things. All the elements that will make this music work, let them begin to come. It was not a one-day prayer, just over time, over time, over time. That by the time it was happening, we were forgotten that, are you understanding me? 
that we, had, we, we didn't have this before. Praise the Lord. And what we saw happen was that people will come and they were not as good. Then they come here and they just get better. Are you understanding me? So, ah. That problem was solved by prayer. That's why when they are singing, it's not just about singing. There is an anointing because it's prayer that produced that thing. Alright? So I'm still talking about praying for the saints. So we're praying, you know, and praying along those lines. Oh God, oh, do something, you know, and all that and all that. There are some groups in your church that need that kind of prayer. Or individuals. And you're praying for them. Standing in the gap. It has to be scheduled. Those kind of prayers have to be scheduled. You know. Um, I have this um, write-up I did some time ago. I've changed, um, I've changed it. But I had how on Mondays in my prayers I pray about this. On Tuesdays, and pray, pray about that. Are you understanding me? Divided up the different things that need prayer attention. I could, I could read one or two of them to you, you know. Maybe it will help somebody. This is something that uh, maybe I wrote out sometime 2010 or 11. Glory to Jesus. So, for example, On Mondays, I think it's flipping, sorry. On Mondays, maybe I'm praying for, then I used to do, pray for the outreaches, you know, of the ministry. Um, Wednesdays, I pray for families. Like that, just something like that. Um, on Fridays, I pray for brethren in diaspora, uh, church members, new converts. Then on Saturdays, I pray for future projects, other ministers of the gospel, blah, blah, blah. I'm skipping some of them that are quite very personal. So, now, just try to break out like that and have a schedule. So, uh, that's the only way you'll be able to attend to if not, what will happen is that you always be praying how you feel at that moment. Are you understanding me? And there will always be something that you will not attend to. So, you need a schedule to help you attend to the things that you know that 
you should pray about. If you don't pray about them, uh, maybe nobody else is going to pray about them. Praise God. Are you with me? Is this helping anybody? So that praying for the saints. So you schedule it, you know, spread it. And my scheduling doesn't mean that it has to be in the morning or so. That day, if I'm praying, anytime I'm praying that day, that's my focus. Sometimes I could be on my own and just there. And then I start saying, Father, I check through and I start praying about that. Glory to God. But I mentioned to you three streams. Your prayers must flow. And I said the first is praying for the saints. Your brethren. And um, I found out that if you are not careful, you might not, you might be counseling them more than you are praying for them. Hello? And um, it will wear you out. Because Satan will set up counseling sessions for you. The ones that will make you depressed after counseling. The ones that after you finish counseling, it will change your message in church. Amen. <laughs> the ones that when you finish counseling, are you understanding me? <laughs> Different things. So, don't allow anything shift you from that attitude of praying for your brethren. Your leaders, workers. Sometimes, permit me to say, I want to say something that will sound controversial. Sometimes, because you are not even praying for your brethren, God will send a controversial person to your church that will provoke prayer. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Are, are you with me? When you just come, you will start praying, Oh God! For that brother, <laughs> then you start praying for your brethren again. Kenneth Hagin shared a story, Pa Hagin, about how he pastored a particular church, and there was this lady that was headache, troublesome. So long after he had left the church, or he was, he was leaving the church, he was thanking everybody, and especially the lady. He said because if that lady was not in this church, he would not have spent as much time praying. Her presence made him pray more. Thank you. <laughs> Glory to God. So, if you, if you get what I'm saying, I'm saying that there are some individuals in church, the best approach to deal with their matter is just to pray for them. Pray for them. You'll be amazed. The greatest um, uh, awakening I got about praying for someone that I might not always be with every day was the experience I had with my lecturer. I've shared it several times. It, it taught me a lot of things. It taught me, it, it opened my eyes more to how powerful and how effective Prayer really is. I had this lecturer in my university days. I, I believe it was my second year, you know. And um, I found out that he was he had received Christ. He received Christ while we were in school. 
And how did I know he, 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 got, he, he was not born again? I saw um, a flyer on the floor in our class. He was um, one of the churches in Port Harcourt. They had a program they were inviting people for, and then at the back they had testimonies. And his, the lecturer's face was one of the testimonies. So just a flyer on the floor. So I picked it, I was reading, I said, oh, this is the church he attends. That's how I saw that he was born again. You know, he talked about how he got born again, how he joined the issues he was having. They used it as a testimony. So I'm like, wow, wow, wow. That's how I got to know he was born again. I didn't know he knew me. So one day I was passing somewhere, and he just called me, said, Pastor, come. And, you know, when I say my lecturer, it's not like a class of 50 or 20. I was an engineering student. He was a chemistry lecturer. So, and we never did chemistry, at least that first two levels of chemistry. We didn't do chemistry on our own. We did it with chemistry department or medicine or something like that. So, the class is always 150, 200 people. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So, I didn't expect that he knew me. Until he called and said, come, pastor. I didn't know what he was calling me for. He said, please come and help me mark um, scripts. So he took me to his office. And then, Christian conversation started. Now, now I began to understand that me picking that flyer was not by accident. Because maybe I picked the flyer like two semesters before, or a semester before. You understand that? I didn't know that we would ever have that, this thing. He said, hey, pastor, uh, uh, I'm having some issues. But the moment I entered his office, I saw a book on the table. I know that book. I've been around church and ministry for a long time. So, I know that book. I know the da- damage that book had caused people that are my parents' friends. Are you understanding me? That have had issues with their faith. So, as I saw the book on his table, it was just a warning sign to me that all was not well with him. So, I sat. He brought out the script for me to mark. Then, he started throwing questions. All the questions I was asking are the things that the, that book has caused confusion. One of them was that Sunday services, the church is not supposed to meet on Sunday. Sabbath day is Saturday. Why is church meeting on Sunday? Uh, and all those kind of questions. So he started throwing them at me. He had, he did, had a problem with the church he was going to. He didn't feel he needed to go to church anymore. He felt he could read his Bible by himself. Blah, 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 blah. He was just talking. I said I won't be able to answer all your questions here. But there's one I was just addressed, and I addressed the Sunday issue. I showed him uh, a scripture and I addressed it. He said, okay. Okay. I told him why we worship on Sundays. He said, okay, no problem. So when I left, I was troubled. I started praying for him. I opened Ephesians 1 from verse 16 down to 19, and I'll pray for him. Amen. I said, not to pray for you, giving thanks for you. Making mention of you in my prayers, that God may grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling. I will pray and call his name. You understand that? I will pray for him. Anytime I remember, I will pray for him and I will call his name. Now, I wouldn't say it was my main focus, but I always prayed. Anytime I remembered him, I prayed about it. Man, I didn't even, it's not in my, those days there were no GSMs. Amen. There no GSM, so it's not like I could call him. You know, I, I, I didn't even have that kind of relationship with him. I didn't see him again. I never even went to look for him. The same way he saw me the first time. I was passing somewhere in the blocks, somewhere. Ah, pastor, pastor, come, come, come. He called me a second time. Come. 
Come, come, come. Why? Well, I've not seen you since. And I followed him. I don't think at that moment I was still praying for him. Are you understanding me? Okay? But we walked again and I said, hey, you want me to help him do something? We got to the office. Then he said, I didn't ask him any questions. I didn't even bring up the conversation of the last time we met. He's the one that brought it up. And I believe that the Spirit of God was allowing me to see the results of my prayer. He just said, eh, I just thank God for my life, you know. Some time ago, I was almost losing it. I've almost fallen out of the faith. I said, eh. <laughs> you know, I said, ah. There are some books I came in contact with. When I started reading them, <laughs> I started getting confused. But I'm back in my church. I'm doing well now. And, they, and he was just telling me as if they told him to tell me. So I said, ah, thank God for that. And I was so excited. That experience made me know that our praying for people is deeper than what we think. Amen. It's deeper than what we think. We've prayed for brethren. We've prayed for brethren. I could even cite examples. Let me use examples that people can corroborate here. Like Pastor Data now, when she was the resident pastor in our former venue there, there was times where we came together and prayed for members that have not been in church for a long time. And then we pray and, and then on Sunday, we, I think it was on a Saturday or so we prayed. On Sunday they came. Now this Buddha have not shown. Are you understanding me? Then they came. And I've done that several times. Praise God. It makes us understand how powerful prayer is. Actually, the pastor praying. And that's why when the pastor gets distracted by issues, you know, there are a lot of distractions that come, come to a pastor. You can be distracted by offense that I'm not going to pray for that person. It's not a good thing for the brethren. Hallelujah. No, it's not a good thing. So, we need to pray for the saints more. Pray for our brethren. Maybe we should take that opportunity here and pray for our brethren who have specific testimonies. Call their names. Pray for them. The more specific prayer is, the more powerful it is. Amen. Alright? The more specific it is, the more powerful it is. So you start learning to be more specific in your prayers. About your brethren. You are shaping them in that place of prayer. Galatians 4.13. 19, sorry. Galatians 4.19 says, My little children, of whom I travel in birth again, until Christ be formed in you. That means that we'll keep praying until we'll travel in birth again. We'll continue to pray for them. The spiritual growth of our brethren will be dependent on prayers. It's after we have prayed, then we'll come and teach. The teaching will enter. Amen. Are we together? It's after we have prayed, we'll come and counsel. The counseling will register. Look at how Jesus handled the story or the destiny of Peter. I'd like to flip quickly. Sorry, my iPad is this way. To Luke 21. 
Is this helping anybody? Luke twenty two thirty one. Luke twenty two thirty one. Look at Simon is a key member of Jesus' leadership. Is that not so? <laughs> is it not? Simon that is always with Jesus. Always with Jesus. Most of the time, people that are even close to the pastor are even the ones that are prone to demonic attacks the most. Because that's the one that will affect the minister the most. Amen. That's what happened. Satan came for, if you read um, earlier verses, they've come for Judas already. (laughs) Are you understanding me? Smoke Judas. (laughs) Now they were coming for Simon. Are you understanding me? Now, imagine... All of them had sensitive roles. Judas is in charge of the treasury, the post. Satan came for him. That means Satan is coming for the finances. Amen. Satan came for him. And then, now he came for Simon. Simon didn't know that Satan had come for him. He was just living his life. Being a good assistant pastor, are you understanding me? Serving the Lord. But Satan had a plan for him. Look at what Jesus said to us. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desired to have you, that he may what? Sift you as wheat. Now, I want you to understand what it means when he says sift you as wheat. Because some of us don't know what wheat is in the first place. Amen. Except your deity. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Alright, so some people don't even know what wheat is. So, I like to read it in several translations so that you understand what Satan wants to achieve. Amplify it first of all, and then we'll read message and new living translation. Simon, Simon, Peter, listen. Satan has asked excessively that all of you be given up to him out of, out of the power and keeping of God. That's, they should be brought out of the power and the keeping of God. That he might sift all of you like grain. You know grain? Okay. Message. Thank you. Simon, stay on your toes. Satan has tried his best to separate all of you from me. Are you getting the clarity now? Like chaff from wheat. Are you getting it? That means what Satan is trying to achieve is a separation from the master. A separation. 
when you have key people that start falling out with the leader, you know that Satan is at work. The final one, New Living Translation. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. I love message translation. Stay on your toes. Satan has tried his best to separate all of you from me like chaff from wheat. And why is Jesus saying like chaff from wheat? That means when he separates you, you'll be like chaff. Amen. You will lose your relevance. Amen. But you, at that moment, Simon is not seeing it like that. Simon might be, the, the thoughts that could be coming to his mind is that it will be better if he separates himself. But what Satan is achieving is that when he separates himself, he will be like chaff. He will lose value. What makes him what he is? Now, Satan is still doing that in our various churches and ministries today. Amen. Desiring people. Calling them. Trying to draw them away from what they ought to do. Where they ought to be. Go back to the King James, please. Hello? And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desired. How did... That means that the only way Jesus could know this desire of Satan was by revelation. Is that not so? Does Satan publish in the newspaper what he wants to do? Does he announce over the radio? I know he talks over some radio stations, you know, in the name of Freeze. But, you know, does he, does he announce... <laughs> That's his code name, Freeze. <laughs> because he's from hell, so it's Freeze. <laughs> the opposite of fire. <laughs> Instead of melt, it's a Freeze. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> so we don't even know what I'm talking about. Alright. <laughs> and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desired to... <laughs> you know this thing about Satan? I remember years ago that uh, we were on campus... And there's this guy that was like a, a revolutionary on campus. He was into um, uh, other Maluta, you know. He was not a student union government official, but he was a strong political voice on campus. You know, activism, student activism, what we call student activism. I remember the first time I entered the guy's room. We went there to do something. Men... That's how I knew that this thing is not a joke. It's a calling. <laughs> I saw first uh, what's it, Karl Marx picture on the wall on one corner. Uh, Martin Luther King on the other corner. Then statements from different people. Uh, what's the German guy's name now? Uh, not, not, not Hitler. Uh, the one that skinned a, a chicken, took off all the hair and uh, dropped it for what is his name now. So, he had all their pictures and quotes all over his wall. <laughs> so, but I knew him, you know, and he's someone that I had, like, talking relationships with. But all the Christians on campus hated him. You understand that? 
So one day, we were somewhere, I think the SCG election was going on, and uh, he came. And then, there were some pastors, campus pastors that were with me, and one of them tapped and said, Satan has come. So I, I didn't know what he, I thought he was speaking by the Spirit, you know. So I turned, he said, I said, eh, what did you say? He said, Satan has come. Okay. I said, okay. Okay. I was trying to get it. And I said, see him. <laughs> and he pointed at the guy. If I mention the name now, he's a public figure. He said, I said, okay. <laughs> and the way the guy the way he was doing, like, he didn't know we were talking about him. He was just looking around, looking for something. He really looked like Satan had come. <laughs> Amen. So, so, Jesus was revealing that Satan had desired to sift you. That was by revelation. It didn't come from any news media. He got it by revelation. So as the pastor also, you should know by revelation those that Satan had desired to have in your congregation. Some of them, they're already on excursion with Satan. Are you understanding me? They're already on excursion. They are going. Amen. <laughs> they are already on excursion. So what did Jesus do? Verse 32. But what? Let's read it together. I want to go. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now, two things were going to happen. One, his faith was going to fail. Amen. Based on what Satan is doing. His faith will fail. Secondly, the Bible says, that means at that point now, he had already gone off course. Amen. Because when you are converted, that means he's gone off course. He needs to be turned back to God. Amen. That means that his faith will fail and will be turned away from God. That's what Satan is after. That's what Satan is after. I, I, I saw some, something um, not too long ago about a guy that once served with a prominent Nigerian pastor. And he had issues with the pastor, you know. So he had been on television stations, blasting the pastor, saying all manner of things. Now, I, I don't have all the details of what transpired. But I know that the greatest loser will be him. Are you understanding me? Because even if the pastor wronged him, the pastor is still serving. Are you understanding me? <laughs> Praise God. He's still serving God. He's still serving the Lord. But now, he is no more serving the Lord. <laughs> now, he's fighting people that are serving the Lord. Are you understanding me? Are you seeing what Satan has done? You know, he's not fighting people that are serving the Lord. And hurting other people's faith. So, what has happened here is that his faith is failing. If it has not already failed. He's been turned away from God. Imagine someone that was a, a, a staunch believer and a church worker now start making some statement. Eh, eh, they say that God is to touch somebody. You know? Oh, are you now doubting it? Praise God. Why are you talking like that? Because you're offended? But I have prayed for thee. So that will be our own. We will pray for them. Amen. We will pray for them. That what? That their faith fail not. Amen. And people that are prayed back like that become a source of strength and support to others. They will say, 
I've been here before. This way you are going like this. <laughs> I've seen all these things. So. They'll be able to convert, to strengthen other brethren. Praise the Lord. And then, of course, do you know that after even Jesus told Peter, do you know Peter was arguing with Jesus? Me. <laughs> Jesus, even you are not faithful to yourself. You are faithful to you. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> he started making vows. Are you understanding me? No, you don't understand. That means he did not agree with what Jesus was saying because he didn't think that kind of thing would ever happen to him. Okay, you put up the next verse. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and, in, and to death. Someone that talked like this, the next moment he was saying, me. I don't know Jesus. Who. I don't know him from anywhere. G, call the name again. <laughs> call the name again. Uh, I'm not sure I know the name. <laughs> that was Satan. Praise God. And whichever way it was going to go, it was going to go wrong. As he denied Christ, he would have maybe run away far from Christ. Are, are you understanding me? The second option was that the guilt later of denying Christ would make that, I don't think Christ will ever accept me again. Are you getting me? So whichever way Satan was making, he saw the head or tail, Satan wanted to win. But the prayer of Jesus has gone ahead concerning Simon. That's how our prayers will go ahead concerning our members. Amen. Our prayer will go ahead concerning our members that their faith will not fail. Glory to God. Some of them might be going through some temporary things, you know. You have brethren that maybe they just got one small contract and because of that they are no more even coming to church. You are called, pastor is calling them, they say, want to beg me money. <laughs> you know, there are people like that, you know. for a moment. Ken Hagin, again, I'll just talk about what he said. Was speaking about how he was in a church. And they had a special service. And um, there was an altar call given. And a lady, he used the language, said she was gloriously saved. That, you know, she was saved and everybody was happy. Wow. Look at how God touched her life. She was just, and I've seen those kind of things even in my own lifetime, you know. And she was just, you know, overwhelmed, weeping, received Christ. Everybody was happy for her. Wow, because they knew her before she was now saved. So he said he came to the church. I can't remember it was a year after or some months after. I said, what about that sister? I said, she's not serious with God again. And he said, all of you are to blame. And they were, why? He asked, how many of you prayed for her once? Nobody lifted their hands. He said, because someone got born again, you behave like the deal is sealed. No. Somebody has to pray for them. Some of these people you prayed for, you will see things develop in their lives. Glory to God. You will see, you will see things. You know? You will see, you will see things in their lives. There are you know, we, we listen to the Spirit of God. There are people that walk out of your life as a minister 
no, even not you, you're not a pastor, no problem. That the Holy Ghost is not offensive. The Holy Ghost tells you, let them be. There's a scripture that says, leave Ephraim alone. That means, let them be. And you don't have to do anything about it. You let them be. That's the property of the Spirit to you. Then there are some people that will walk out of your life. And they were not meant to walk out. Amen. And just like David, you will ask, should I pursue? Should I overtake? Will I recover all? And that signal will come. Amen. Are we together? You have to know the difference. Are we together? And now, in such cases, as you are praying, circumstances will orchestrate them back into your life. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Thank you, the man.